The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everybody? Anthony Cazenza with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast and CincyJungle.com coming at you. I'm on the road. I'm at a different venue than I normally am, as you can see kind of from the background here. But coming at you to talk about the week two loss, a very, very odd, odd game, to say the very least. A frustrating game, a game of missed opportunities. If you're the Cincinnati Bengals, you have to be sitting there wondering how the heck you lost that game. Rookie quarterback comes into the game, doesn't play all that well, made a couple of plays when it mattered most to Justin Fields. But, um, you know, for the most part, there were opportunities to really grab this game and run away with it. And they did not take advantage of it. So very, very frustrating. The Bengals drop one on the road at, at Chicago, 20 to 17. A lot of mistakes. A lot. I, I don't know if I don't know if you want to call it a hangover from the, the five quarters of play last week, I mentioned that on my game preview on cincyjungle.com and a couple people kind of kind of poo-pooed the notion, I guess that, you know, playing an extra quarter may have an effect on this, on this team. We've, you know, we've heard players talk about the short week going into Thursday night games. We've heard players talk about all kinds of different things. Hey, by the way, Matthew, from France. Hi from France, Matthew. Good good to see you, buddy. Um, look, th- there were a lot of things and a lot of blame to go around. I know the defense, Trey Hendrickson misses the tackle early, but he had a, he, he was in on some plays early on too. He missed the, I'm sorry, he missed the tackle on fields late rather, but he had some plays earlier in the game. You had Sam Hubbard in there, a couple of inexplicable penalties, um, some real, real interesting and uh, questionable refereeing in this game. Uh, some missed calls, a, a late hit on Joe Burrow wasn't called. They got it right. The late, uh, a play later, there was another, you know, call that could have been made on him, a pass interference call on T Higgins. that should have been called. I mean, basically everybody's saying that there was a catch that was ruled a catch for the bears that a lot of people, including Dean Blandino of Fox sports said that shouldn't be a catch. You know, the the bottom line is there was a, a fumble by Fields late in the game. Logan Wilson, who had the late interception to make this game interesting, missed not only the, the scoop and score, but just to get the ball 
and pick it up and fall on the ground, miss that opportunity. Um, and of course, you, you got to put blame on the quarterback with his three interceptions. A very, very weird, weird sequence of events for Joe Burrow, wherein he, what was it, three straight passes that were intercepted. And then the next two in a row, he throws two touchdowns. It's like, what? So very, very odd game. A lot of issues on the offensive line still, still showing up. A lot of refereeing issues and the Bengals stumbling over their own feet and they lose week two in Chicago, 20 to 17. Let's share this. This is the box score courtesy of ESPN. I like to share this kind of as a tale of the tape, if you will, here. Um, so you look here. Oh, there we go. Uh, first downs, Bengals really on the short end of that one, 14 to 16. It This was just a boring, boring game until the fourth quarter. I mean, you look at this too. I mean, I, the defense has a lot of blame. I tweeted this out. The defense has a lot of blame in terms of not making those critical plays. There was another third and what was it? Third and 16, third and 19. A Wuzier misses a tackle that, that lets a, a receiver go by. And, you know, he had a couple of pass breakups late, but I mean, there's just a lot of different things, a lot of different opportunities where you just make some of those plays and you've got yourself a win. And that's what's really frustrating here. You see the passing first downs, 10 to 7. Bears really went into a shell when Andy Dalton left the game with an injury. Really went into a shell and went very conservative and relied on Montgomery. And Montgomery responded. You know, he had a lot of tough runs. The Bengals kind of tried to corral him. And, um, you know, he had a lot of tough runs, but, you know, didn't uh, still still made plays when it counted, particularly at the end of the game when the Bengals needed a critical stop. You know, had that uh, basically game-clinching first down there. Bengals, 6 of 12, 50% on third down. Bears not, you know, they were slightly worse, 6 of 15. Uh, both teams own 0 for 1 on fourth down. Total plays there. I mean, the, the Bears kind of in the first half were hogging the football, 61 to 54 total plays. Uh, I mean, total yards, just not enough yards for either team. You kind of maybe expect that from the Bears with a rookie quarterback coming in off the bench. 248 to 206 was the total yards, um, 11 to 10 drives, uh, 4.6 yards per play to 3.4 yards per play. Just an ugly offensive showing by both teams. 19 of 30. Um, I mean, four, they credit the Bengals with four sacks, some of which were coming up the middle again. There was, there seemed to be some miscommunication on the middle in terms of picking up blitzers, picking up pressure. Jonah Williams uh, had, had an issue early where he kind of had uh, Quinn on the end there and then Quinn, moved inside and got off of off of Williams and got a sack of Burrow. So Bengals got three sacks of their own, though. I mean, I think they, they've got six in the first two games. So they're getting after the quarterback. They're getting back there. They're creating plays. And I know, like I was saying, the defense had some issues where they did not come up in these clutch situations. Hendrickson's got to make that wrap up and make that tackle on fields. You know, Wilson's got to scoop up that fumble. There's a, a couple of tackles by defensive backs on third downs that they did not make. But – when you really look at it, the defense on the road really only gave up 13 points. Seven of those points came on a Joe Burrow pick six. So when you look at it kind of that way, you know, maybe the defense didn't play as poorly or, or you know, you don't want to put so much blame on that. Offense had four turnovers. I mean, quarterback throws three picks. T. Higgins uh, fumbles the ball away. Uh, just boom, 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 boom in the second half. Turnover, 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 turnover. And it just snowballed on him. And it was a small miracle that this game was only by three points there, really, when you when you look at the turnover differential. So 
Um, you know, and in the post game, we'll talk a little bit about this in the post game press conference. Zach Taylor talked about opportunities, lack of turnovers by the defense, but also, you know, there's a lot of talk of the the you know the lack of a downfield passing game, the lack of of being aggressive on offense. When you saw what the Rams were doing on Sunday night against them. And I know the Rams are, are, you know, have a superior offensive line, but the Bengals did not go deep very often. They hit Chase deep once. Burrow missed a, a throw to Chase deep down the left sideline. But, you know, the Bengals just were very conservative on offense, and they were committed to the run. Joe Mixon had a couple of nice plays and, and a couple of nice runs. But really, I mean, there was a lot of, you know, third and four. That, you know, I, I was telling some people that I was watching the game with that, I kind of feel like on at least a couple of occasions, if you give the ball to Joe Mixon twice in a three series down, you know, in, in a single series of three downs, a couple of those have to be moving the sticks, you know, th- getting three yards on first down and another two or three yards on second down or what have you. Yeah. I mean, it's better than a lot of times last year when you saw Joe Burrow getting these third and eights, third and nines where they weren't able to run the ball at all, but I mean, you got to be able at some point, whether it's on the offensive line, whether that's on Mixon or what have you, you got to be able to move the ball on the ground and, you know, after two runs at at times, be able to net 10 plus yards. And, you know, that just wasn't really a common theme this week, unfortunately, with Joe Mixon on the ground. You see here uh, the, the penalties were just maddening by teams. Bengals still very lowly penalized. They had some penalties early. They only had three for, I think, what, 12 or 14 yards last week, and then they've got four here. Um, One was the offensive pass interference that netted a lot of yardage and and whatnot, but four penalties for the Bengals there, eight for the Bears, and then you see the big deal there, four turnovers to one, and then a little bit of time of possession in favor of the Bears there. So, uh, you know, the defensive special teams touchdowns, you see, you know, Bears had the pick six. That was that was a biggie. And for some reason, you know, Joe Burrow just he he said in the postgame press conference that he was just trying to force some things, maybe get some things going in the second half. And, you know, didn't see Roquan Smith on that on that pick six there um, really threw the, the, the one to, to Higgins on the sideline there. He wasn't even open. And it's not like it was a good throw that was on the sideline where really only Higgins had an opportunity at, at a contested catch. Um, it, it was just right there with with the defender there. So um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what you want to make of that. I, you know, a lot of people are worried about Joe Burrow and and what they saw in this game. Obviously, the hits, the sacks, all that stuff is not good. Nine sacks through two games already. We kind of thought we had a lot of this stuff remedied. What's what seems to be occurring more this year as opposed to last year? I guess if you want to call it progress. On this front, last year, it wasn't extra blitzers so often that were coming in and hitting Joe Burrow. It was basically the offensive line losing one-on-ones, it would have appeared. This year, it seems that teams are bringing in extra blitzers, and the Bengals are just not communicating on the offensive line, picking up the proper assignments, and these these free blitzers are coming in and getting hits and or sacks on Joe Burrow. So that's that seems to be kind of a, a little bit of a difference if you want to call that a sense of progress on the offensive line I guess you could do that but that seems to be a little bit of what I have noticed from year to year going here but I mean again nine sacks in in two games that's uh that's not a good statistic 
for Joe Burrow, who was coming off of the knee injury there. Here's a couple. Um, Josh Kirkendall, who used to uh, head us up over at CincyJungle.com. Always a fun Twitter follow here. Bengals defense held the Bears to 206 yards, quickly scanning pro football reference. So let me know if I missed one. But this is the lowest total allowed by the defense since week 15 versus the Browns in 2014. The 107 yards allowed in the Johnny Manziel game. If you remember that, Dunlap and Perfect and all kinds of players teed off on Johnny Manziel there. So, uh, you know, that's uh, – we, we'd have to double-check that. But, you know, Josh is a pretty reliable source, and I assume that he's he's correct on this. Or, you know, obviously that was one of the most recent. So you're going back seven years basically, so six, six and a half years since – the Bengals had a defensive performance like this in terms of yards allowed, et cetera. So uh, that was an interesting st statistic that he put out there. Then you've got uh, some, some folks, Charlie Goldsmith of the Cincinnati Inquirer and Ben Baby will show you these. Um, Goldsmith on Twitter here, the theme of the press conferences between Zach Taylor, Joe Burrow, and Jamar Chase. How much of the Bengals' lack of explosive plays a result of the Bears' standout defensive line, or was the Bengals' offense proactively conservative? Uh, you know, I, I, it hard to hard to know exactly, and we didn't get definitive answers. And and here's a here's a, I guess here's a sort of answer from Jamar Chase, and this is from Ben Baby of ESPN.com. Here, uh, Jamar Chase, who had a big touchdown at the end of the game, did have a drop and or a, uh, you know, an issue where the the cornerback was in there breaking the pass away, but he he had the big play. And he was open on another one that Burrow missed on. But Bengals wide receiver Jamar Chase, quote, we waited until the last minute to take shots. Said communication has to be better offensively. I assume that means not only between quarterback and receivers, but also on the offensive line to pick up some of those assignments, blitzes, et cetera, going forward. So, uh, you know, I that's there, there's a lot of blame to be passed around. Like I said, there's a lot of blame to be passed around. And, and really the shame of this is that the Bengals, I mean, you look at the score and you go, okay, well, obviously that's not really indicative of how close this game was for the most part. The Bengals made some plays late and that was, you know, I mean, that's kind of, they made it close, right? I mean, at the end with the, with the turnover from Wilson and just kind of the quick strikes, that really wasn't the, the case, but when you look at these moments where they just let these big plays go right through their hands, figuratively or literally, there's just not, um, I don't know. It's, it's pretty, pretty difficult to swallow this one, especially after what happened last week, pretty difficult to swallow this one. Here are a couple of individual stats here again, courtesy of ESPN.com. I'll bring this up. So everybody, um, can see this here 19 of 30 207 yards two touchdowns three interceptions for joe burrow um I, I would think i'd have to go back and look but i would think this is probably his worst rating that he has had 66.2 um and then of course the four sacks there joe mixon 20 carries 69 yards pretty pedestrian game really the long carry of the day is 10 yards and i know you want to be methodical i know you want to ground and pound with joe mixon but three and a half yards of carry that's just not i mean again it's not just him so when you look at the the receiving here, look at the receiver, seven for 73, six for 60. Seven for 73 is Tyler Boyd, six for 60. T. Higgins did have the fumble, but it also had a touchdown. Uh, Jamar Chase, two catches, 54 yards, and a touchdown. Two straight weeks with two big plays. 
the 42 yarder this week, the 50 yarder last week, uh, only two catches on four targets though. One of which was um, essentially a drop. Evans had a good catch, but unfortunately came up short on a third down one catch, 14 yards. Um, Uzama two catches, four yards Mixon just, a, just one catch for two. So, you know, again, a lot of different issues there. You look at the defense, uh, Hubbard had a half sack Hendrickson had one and a half, but couldn't make that critical tackle at the end there. Logan Wilson kind of flying around, had the pass defense, had the the interception, but could not scoop up the fumble. It's like, there's a lot of all this. T Higgins had a touchdown. Yeah, but he also had a fumble. Uh, Jamar Chase had a deep touchdown. Yeah, but Joe Burrow missed him, you know, earlier in the game. Uh, You know, I mean, Logan Wilson had the interception. Yeah, he didn't scoop up the fumble. There's a lot of yeah buts with with this game, and it's pretty frustrating when you look at all of it, Ogan Joby had a couple of nice plays, but um, you know, also had a missed tackle of Montgomery at one point too. So uh, really quiet day from Jermaine Pratt, who was very active last week. So that's a little disappointing, but um, I mean, the bottom line is turnovers, sacks, and just the Bengals not seizing opportunities that could have been game changing plays that were there for the taking, taking advantage of a rookie quarterback Um, you know, there are a lot of different, a lot of different people to blame. And you can also blame the coaching staff in terms of the conservative play calling on offense based on how the bears were embarrassed on Sunday night and, and how the Rams attacked them with deep passes. Um, I don't know. There's just a lot of different, a lot of different places where into place blame. And, uh, you, you can do that. The Bengals are one and one, the Steelers lost at home to the Raiders. So the Bengals go to Pittsburgh next week. That's a pretty big game. One and one versus one and one Browns did win. And then the Ravens have a tough game as we sit here uh, Sunday afternoon, they've got a tough game, I believe Sunday night against Kansas city. So conceivably they could be Oh, and two. And then, you know, you've got the Browns one and one you've got Pittsburgh one and one Bengals one and one, even if all teams are one and one, uh, if the Ravens are able to, to get a win against Kansas city, you know, all of a sudden this is a, a different looking division, but that game next week is all of a sudden really, really big early on in the AFC North. So the Bengals now, we kind of said, you know, we hope that they are three and one after this first month. That means they got to go into Pittsburgh and win, and they got to win that take care of business on a short week against Jacksonville in that big Thursday night game. So Jacksonville seems like a winnable game. Pittsburgh seems more beatable than usual, but going into Pittsburgh and then coming off of a loss, that's not going to be an easy task. That's not going to be an easy task. So, uh, you know, you've got to be able to get – the Bengals look like they turned a corner last week, right? They look like they turned a corner and and beat what looked like a pretty solid Minnesota team, took them to overtime, really fought hard and hung on and won. This is the game that you got to say, okay, you got if, if you're going to be a playoff team, if you're going to compete in the AFC North, I know this is not a conference game, it's not a divisional game, but these are the types of games that you got to win, put it in your pocket, and move on and go win a game in the AFC North next week or compete hard in the AFC North the following week. That's just the reality of it. You have to win these types of games. You can't stumble over your own feet. You can't make these types of mistakes. Zach Taylor has struggled on the road. We know that. Um, And and again, one of these one possession games, they won one last week, one possession game this week, couldn't take care of business. So these are the types of of games that you got to, you got to start winning. That's the bottom line. And uh, I, you know, 
if you're going to turn the corner and, and we think that this team should be very competitive, may even be sneaky playoff bound this, this year, you're not going to win every single game. We know that, but we, you kind of feel like the Bengals should have had this one and they just tripped over their own feet today. Coaching tripped over their own feet, players tripped over their own feet. And um, just a shame, just a shame. seems like a game they should have had, but got to go on to the next one. Next week is a winnable game. It's a very important game. And we could be sitting here singing a very different tune next week if the Bengals end up going into Pittsburgh and beating the Steelers and they sit there at two and one. Then you've got Jacksonville and you're going home again. Um, we could be feeling quite a bit different. So uh, you, you have to be able to take at least one, if not both of these next two games. And if you're going to only take one, it would preferably be against the Steelers. So um, that that's the next opponent up. The Steelers, I think T.J. Watt left the game with a with a groin injury today. I, I have not seen exactly how serious that may or may not be. Uh, T. Higgins briefly left the game again today. He came back and, and scored the touchdown late, so uh, he appears to be okay. Joe Burrow, we'll see. I mean, he played the entire game, but he was hit and sacked often, as we know, so we, we assume he's going to be okay. Um, and, and so the, the next week also what's going to be interesting to see is what – is Trey Wayne's coming back this week? Uh, he seemed to be a little bit closer this week. Is he going to come back and play this week? Um, we know Ricardo Allen's on short-term IR, so he's going to miss three weeks. So he's going to be out of the mix. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. One other thing that we need to cover about this week before we get on out of here is special teams. Uh, special teams players are players too, ladies and gentlemen. Evan McPherson, 53-yard kick, just continues to be a weapon for this team. And that one, I was a little – based on everything – that was happening and it was just, you know, kind of snowballing on the Bengals a little bit. I was a little worried that he wasn't going to hit that one on the road in Chicago hits a 53 yarder to make it a game. You gotta love what that kid's bringing you in, what kind of a weapon he is for the Bengals, the return game. I, I don't know what to make of it. Brandon Wilson, you know, he, he has pro bowl potential. We've seen it um, really uh, just a couple of poor decisions today in terms of him bringing it out. There was a bobble obviously. And then he, he, he provided the team with poor, uh, poor field position. And then there was a cut, you know, he had one that was a decent return. Another one that was not Darius Phillips kind of fair catch, fair catch, fair catch. He had one nice return at the end of the game to set the Bengals up well. Um, but you know, I, it, it's just kind of a mixed bag, but again, Evan, Evan McPherson continues to be a nice weapon for the team and you got to, you got to continue to rely on on him. I know he's a young rookie, but he continues to impress. He continues to do all of the things that they need him to do to win these types of games. 53-yarder on the road today. Big kick. Uh, good to see everybody. We're going to get on out of here. Keep it short and sweet. Frustrating game today. Frustrating, frustrating game today. But the Bengals hopefully will rebound next week against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh as they take on the Steelers, a big game for the Bengals and a big litmus test for the Bengals, quite honestly. Um, we don't really know who they are at this point. Nice win in week one eh, performance today, but it's coming off of a very long game, an exhausting game probably, and you're going on the road. How do they rebound? How do they respond? Um, that That's kind of the big, the big deal here. And uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I have an answer. I don't know what I believe at this point in time because I don't really know what I just watched today. It was a very, very difficult game to watch, a frustrating game to watch. And then, of course, they make it a game and almost seem like they're going to pull out this inexplicable win. And then yet again, a couple of those just 
game of inches type of plays bites them in the butt and they can't take care of business. So Bengals fall to one and one. They lose 20 to 17 against the bears. They go to Pittsburgh next week. We'll see what happens there. Hopefully the Bengals can get a win in Pittsburgh and uh, you know, kind of, kind of be atop the division. If they can get to two and one while beating the Steelers after week three, that'll put them in a nice position in, in the division. And it's, it's a game they, they, if they really are contenders and not pretenders, the next week's a game you gotta, you gotta have, you gotta have. So uh, I don't know. Hakeem Olajuwon said, how did Logan Wilson look tonight? There was a mixed bag, Hakeem mixed bag. I mean, I, I, there were a couple of plays. He looked, he looked good. There, there were some times where they were able to corral um, uh, Montgomery. Uh, you know, there wasn't the huge, huge plays by him, but he was real methodical and moving the chains when he needed to. And, you know, he had the interception that really kind of got the Bengals back in the game, but he also had a fumble that if he just scoops it up and tumbles forward a yard, you know, this becomes a potentially a much different game. Or if he's able to scoop that up and run it back, this definitely becomes a much different game. But it's not just Logan Wilson. Joe Burrow had a number of mistakes. The offensive line had a number of mistakes. Coaching was way too conservative on the offensive side of the ball. And, uh, you know, there were a couple of other issues on defense. So a lot of blame to be passed around. But the Bengals lose 20-17 to in Week 2 against the Bears. You can get this show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of the major audio streamer. So go subscribe to the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. Leave a review, hopefully a good one, if you if you wouldn't mind. And of course, our specific shows YouTube channel, the Orange and Black Insider. You can subscribe there, click it, hit the bell to be notified when we go live, when new material is is heading your way. We're trying to give you on on OBI at least. We're trying to give you stuff almost every single day of the week. So uh, for probably anywhere from three to five episodes per week. So. Um, go check that out and we appreciate all of the support before we hop out of here for the week two wrap-up show want to tell you about symbol s-i-m-b-u-l-l dot a-p-p forward slash o-b-i and i will put that address in the live chat for all of you go check out symbol if you play fantasy football if you play survival football if you play the stock market, anything like that, you got to check out Symbol. You can buy shares of uh, shares of stock in teams, buy them, sell them, make some money, whether it's teams you're passionate about, teams you feel that there's a good opportunity to make some money upon. Go check it out. If you use the promo code, code OBI, you can get a free week of Symbol Gold along with, uh, obviously, if you use that promo code and, and deposit $25, go check out Symbol there and uh, all of their great stuff. It's it's a lot of fun, and obviously it's something that you can make money on a team that you're passionate about. It's not even – you can do college football, you can do baseball, all kinds of different stuff, and you can do it either real short-term if you're able to make quite a bit of money or you're if you're able to, uh, you know, if you're able to hang on to stuff and make some money long-term, you, you, can, you can do that too. So go check out Symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L dot A-P-P backslash – or forward slash rather – OBI, use that promo code OBI and get a credit while you're there. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll see you for the water cooler chat, our Wednesday deep dive show, and much more throughout the week. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and the rest of the football games that are there. So uh, we'll see you soon.